Welcome back, everyone, to Common Sense Choices, and I'm Linda Tupin. Well, if this is your very first episode, welcome. Be sure to comment in the comment section and let me know so I can officially welcome you. If you're part of the audience that's been with me for 40 plus episodes, can you believe it? 40 plus episodes. Thank you. Thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for commenting and thank you for sharing. And by the way, when you comment and you share this episode, your name automatically goes into a drawing for something wonderful over at lindatupin.com. Well, this podcast can be found on many platforms. Some of you may be listening on Apple or Spotify while you're driving. Eyes straight ahead, hands at nine and three. Um, stay attentive to the road. You won't be commenting. <laughs> For those of you who may be watching on YouTube, be sure to comment. For those of you on my Facebook page, Common Sense Choices, be sure and comment and share. It's the easiest platform to do so. But the very best way to receive every episode and be guaranteed to get every episode is to sign up at lindatupin.com. lindatupin.com. It's free. And you'll automatically receive each episode by way of email. Now, it is a two-step system, everybody, because I've had some people say, well, I signed up, but I don't get them. So as soon as you signed up, there was an email that said you need to confirm that you want to receive it. So it's part of that double security system that we all are going through right now. Or perhaps you did that. And the episodes, because I'm sending to thousands of people, maybe over in your junk or spam, or if you're a Gmail user, look in your promotions tab. I'm probably just sitting there waiting on you. <laughs> anyway, well, thank you so much for your loyalty. Well, while you're over there at the store, check out our boutique. There are some wonderful items with our mantra on it. So what is our mantra? This podcast called Common Sense Choices is based on a mantra that I have built my 40 plus year sales career on. And you know it by heart. I have it on an eight by eight print. So let's all say it together. I am where I am by the choices I have made or I have allowed others to make for me. Deep cleansing breath in. Deep cleansing breath out. I am where I am by the choices I've made or I've allowed others to make for me. So if we want a different life, don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't blame your husband. You married him. Don't blame your wife. You married her. Don't blame your children. Children are not born to fulfill you. And do not blame your boss. You can work anywhere in America. If we want a different life, we simply have to choose differently. And this podcast is about personal responsibility, and choosing things to make our life better. It is always a prayer before I start a podcast that something I say will edify you, lift you, encourage you to be your very, very best. God has gifted you so many beautiful gifts and so many people go to their grave, never really seeing their gifts. And so I hope I can be part of that circle of your life that shows you your beautiful gifts. God gifted you 168 hours this week. Isn't that beautiful? That's four work weeks if you didn't have to sleep. After you work 40 and you sleep eight hours a night, you still have 72 hours to spend it just like money, just like money. And what you get from this beautiful gift called life is how we spend those hours. So let's get down and dirty <laughs> now with our topic today. But before we do, let's take a look over at my boutique. I have some beautiful items with the mantra. This is one of our most popular ones. It is an eight by eight canvas print. 
and it, you can get these at Hobby and uh, Target and Hobby Lobby, all those places. And you can put this in your children's bedroom, in your office, in your classroom, in your therapist's office, or just any place that you need to be reminded, I am where I am by the choices I have made. Also, new to this, this, uh, this the past month or two, we have note cards that can double as postcards with a mantra on it. Everything is very reasonably priced. So for those of you who are leaders of organizations and you want to offer this as an incentive or as an, a gift or an award for an end of the year prize, they are definitely priced for you to order 10, 20, 30 of them. Also new is our cosmetic bag for this season. These lightweight canvas bags with a heavy duty zipper uh, are beautiful for spring and summer and with the word choices the cute socks when you put up your feet that says I am where I am <laughs> by the choices I've made or allowed others to make for me and on the front it says I make wise choices uh, definitely our most popular item right now is the money bag it can be used for your electronic accessories your cords and so forth but it's great for your sales tickets and for your checks and for your cash and the word choices comes in rose gold or in white Everything will come in its own organza bag. So it's beautifully wrapped for you to present as a gift. And you will get a little card about the American entrepreneur that helped me create that item. Guys, I didn't want to just order a bunch of stuff from China and sell it to you. That's not very interesting, even though it supported my podcast. I want to support another American entrepreneur. And, um, and so there's a little card telling you about that person and why they do what they do, and how they help me with my product. And then last but not least, look at your refrigerator. Do you have a magnet reminding you, I am where I am by the choices I made or allowed others to make for me? So check it all out over at lindatupin.com. And don't forget to sign up to get every episode. Well, today I am super excited to talk with you about travel. Many of you saw on social media, that I left on a reward trip with uh, my company uh, and had a Greek Isle cruise. And actually, it was the fourth Greek Isle cruise. So I was pretty familiar. We actually went to a couple of new ports that I'd never been to before, which were amazing. And then for Christmas, this past Christmas, I gifted my family an Airbnb on Santorini. And um, all they had to do was get themselves there. And so we spent a week on that beautiful, beautiful island. But what you notice on social media is I travel business class. And I want to take the time today to educate you that this is not for a, 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 a chosen few. This is for the few who choose. So I want to repeat that. Business travel and first class travel is not for the chosen few. It's for the few who choose. So it's an education process. And I want to walk you through that educational process. And whether or not you want to travel um, internationally, a business class, or even nationally business class or not, I am sure most of you who are watching this podcast love to go on vacation with your family. And there are ways, if you know what the ways are, to upgrade that hotel or to get a bigger suite or to get a discount on those hotel rooms. So there, um, you got to learn to play the game. <laughs> so let's learn to play that game today. Oftentimes when because I want the first part of this podcast to be about travel and airline travel. Because I think a lot of you uh, probably are familiar with regional jets that take you two or three hours. 
And not as many of you are familiar with the long haul jets that go six, 10, 12, even 18 hours. And traveling, when you're traveling a long distance, and we'll call long haul six hours or longer, um, you want to be in business class. You do not want to be in a coach seat. So I don't want you to confuse my words today. When I say business class or first class, I'm not talking about a regional jet that has six seats up front where the waitress comes and gives you an extra drink that everybody else doesn't get. That's not what I'm referring to. Okay, that is, um, that's just convenience. I'm talking about life altering. <laughs> All right, so let me describe why and what it looks like if you're going to travel six hours or longer in a jet to be in a business class seat on a wide body jet. All right. First of all, um, and even maybe if you're not there yet, maybe, you know, you're taking your family on a two to three hour flight to maybe go down to Daytona Beach or Myrtle Beach or, or you know, somewhere that's reasonably close, maybe in the future, you would love to take them to Hawaii or Alaska or the Caribbean or to Europe or to the Mediterranean, somewhere longer, but you're just not sure that you can afford to do that. So, so anyway, so let's talk a little bit about what it's like to travel business or first class on a large wide body jet. All right. So get rid of whatever thoughts you have about small regional jets that are, you know, three or four seats wide. First of all, before I discuss the particulars of that, I want to say to everyone who's traveling, if you are traveling at all, even once or twice a year, you want TSA pre-check, TSA pre-check. Just Google it, figure out how to fill out the form online. They do some background research on you and you cut through the lines. You go to the front of the line to go through security. Now, airport security is changing every single month. And I learned on this particular European trip that we're kind of ahead of the curve um, with security over here in the United States of America. Our machines are stronger and better. So actually here in the U.S., I haven't had to take off my shoes or take out my laptop or put my cosmetics in a plastic Ziploc bag in a couple of years. But when I got over to Europe, I still had to do that. And when I talked to somebody from that country, they said, our machines are not as strong as yours right now. They don't penetrate as deep, so we can't see as much. So TSA cuts the waiting line. And if you've traveled at all in a large metropolitan airport, you can be in a line, a security line, as long as an hour or even longer. And it's not fun. Travel can be exhausting. So everything I'm going to teach you in this particular podcast is how to preserve your energy, especially if you're traveling a long distance. You don't travel business so because you, you get a free drink or you get a free meal. That is not why you travel business. You travel to preserve your energy. Um, so you want TSA pre-check. In other countries, it has different names, but it all means the same thing. You can skip the line, you go to the shorter line, and you move a lot faster because they've already researched you. The other thing that I would encourage all of you to do if you're going to travel at all now or in the future uh, internationally is um, sign up for global entry, global entry. Now, that requires an interview process, and so you just have to Google where the nearest place you would have to go to interview. 
Uh, usually if you're in a pretty good sized town or city, you you there's a place in your town where you go and they interview you and you get a little card. Now, this is the lifesaver when you're coming in from another country. When you come in from another country, you have to go through what is called customs. So again, they're just double checking you, who you are, why are you here? And uh, on this particular trip, coming in from the Greek Isles, I was the only person in my family that I was traveling with that had global entry. So when we landed in Charlotte, we had flown in from Heathrow, which is in London, England. We got to Charlotte, my family, had to go through the regular line. And that line can be 30 minutes, an hour, even longer. And again, preserving energy, you've just come off of a really long flight, sometimes eight, 10, 12 hours. The last thing you want to have to do is stand in another line. So they had to do that because I had global entry. There was no one in my line. I did not even have to present my card. I stepped up to a machine. It scanned my face like my phone scans my face. And she said, go on. I quickly showed my passport to the, the security guard. And then I went to claim my luggage. Cause when you come in from another country, you have to claim your luggage and then put it back on a conveyor belt to take it to your destination here in the United States. All of that took 10 minutes, but for people who did not have global entry that can take, like I said, half an hour, hour, sometimes even longer, depending on how many of those big jets are coming in to that airport in that time frame. So whether you uh, want a business class or travel business class, please do those two steps. One day in the future, you will say, I am so glad Linda Tupin talked me into this. <laughs> okay, so why do we want to travel business class? So say it with me, to preserve my energy so that I have energy when I get to where I'm going. I have clarity of thought and I can better uh, rest and protect myself. So what does that mean? Well, let's just go to the airport. The first thing that's going to happen when you check in is you have no weight requirement on your luggage. <laughs> that's right. You do not have to guess if you have 50 pounds or not. And they don't charge you extra if you don't. They're going to mark your luggage priority when you travel business class. So if you lose your luggage, guess what? You, again, go to the front of the line when they're trying to find your luggage. If you followed me on social media, you know that I did lose my luggage, or I didn't lose it. They knew where it was, but it had to get from Chicago to Venice in a matter of hours. And it did, which is purely amazing. All right. So there's no weight on your luggage. I get two, sometimes three check bags free. And then when you're traveling internationally, you're going to be flying in out, out of one of the large metropolitan airports. So we're talking about LAX in Los Angeles. We're talking about O'Hare in Chicago, JFK uh, in New York, or maybe Miami or Atlanta or Charlotte, DFW in Dallas, big airports, airports that are often the size of a town. And so in those particular airports, when you are flying business, then you have a business lounge. Now, in small regional airports, I, honestly, I've never even been in the one in Lexington or Louisville because it doesn't matter. It's not going to be the same experience and it's really doesn't have that much value to you. But in a big airport, when you're flying for a long time, and again, I want to remind you, when you're flying internationally, most often you're changing a lot of time zones. And more often than not, you are awake from the time you woke up here in America to where you get your destination can be 24 to 36 hours or even longer. 
Remember what I said, you want to preserve your energy. And when you travel business class, they help you preserve that energy by making it easier on you. The lounge is one of those answers. So what would you expect in a lounge in a large airport? Lots of food, good food, hot food, cooked food. And um, I flew from Lexington to O'Hare. It's my least favorite airport, just by the way. But anyway, I flew to Chicago in O'Hare, went to the lounge. They had sushi. They had uh, Asian food, uh, Italian food, various kinds of foods for me to choose from. You have unlimited drinks. So if you drink, if you're a wine or alcohol, um, you know, mixed drink person, you have unlimited drinks. I'm not, but it's a, it's a great value for people who do. People wait on you like it's a restaurant, but there's lots of couches, lots of very, very comfortable seating. In a lounge, you would find not just a bathroom, like a public bathroom, you would have individual bathrooms where you go in, you lock your door, you've got your own sink, you've got your own toilet, it's private. And also you're like a shower, you can actually take a shower. And if you're going to be traveling 24 to 36 hours, that's kind of wonderful midway through the trip just to go in and start all over. With your carry-on, you take your samples, things that you need to freshen up, or just to start all over. So that's what you can expect in a lounge. Now, it is also a concierge service. So when you check in, they're going to know where you're flying, and they will announce over the intercon that this is the time this flight's taking off and you need to leave. So uh, you don't even have to watch. They'll just let you know. Then you just leave the lounge, go straight to the gate. Again, go to the front of the line, get on the airplane preserving energy. This is what this is all about. It's making you comfortable so that you have enough energy to sustain you for one to two days uh, in travel. Now, um, so I'm going to give you an example of what it was like for me to travel uh, business this past month, just so that you see how it preserved my energy. So I was leaving in the evening, uh, Lexington, Kentucky at 530. So I've been up all day. So I've already been up, you know, for 10 hours or so. So now I'm at the airport and I'm flying to Chicago. It's a short flight, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. I get there. And before I go to the lounge, I go to the gate and just make sure that I'm in even in the right terminal. Terminals, some of these airports have multiple, multiple terminals and you have to take fast trains to get you from one to the other. So you can't assume too much. So I went to the gate and immediately felt the negative energy. <laughs> have you ever felt the negative energy from the gate agent? When I kind of looked around and saw the body language, I said, excuse me, is this flight going to be on time? And she said, your guess is as good as mine. And she kind of rolled her eyes. So they were having some mechanical difficulties. So it was supposed to leave at 8.30 in the evening. All right. So now remember, I've already been up since 6.30. So I'm just now getting to the jet that's going to take me to London. And then I've got to do it all again and get myself to Venice all on one night's sleep a long time ago. All right. Preserving energy. So I immediately go to the lounge. As soon as I walk in the lounge, they check me in. I said, excuse me, I'm pretty sure my flight is going to be delayed. Now, remember, I'm going to catch a cruise ship here at the end of this whole process, and I can't be late. So she said, well, it's not showing on the screen. I said it was showing on the agent's face. So they made a few calls for me. Remember, it's a concierge service. She said, you know what? Let's start looking for you another flight. Well, there was another flight with uh, the airline that I was flying on, but there was no business class. And I said, no, no. 
even though I would get a refund, no, no, I am not flying for, you know, eight hours and then hitting Heathrow and then flying on for four more hours because I know how much energy I have. And guys, it, it's, it's not, it's not just that it's exhausting. It's not that it's just inconvenient. It's dangerous. It's dangerous to fly eight hours into a time zone, five hour difference and be alert. And then I'm in a small city like Heathrow Airport, and I've got to navigate a lot of signage and a lot of trains to get from terminal to terminal. That's dangerous. Even if you're flying with one other person, you're both equally exhausted. So I said, no, I do not want that flight. So then they begin to look for me another airline. Remember, that's their job. And so sure enough, they found a different airline and I got the last business class seat that night. Now, I go relax, get some of that hot food, charge my devices, go to the restroom. And about that time, everybody in the waiting area outside had figured out this flight isn't going to leave. And now they're all trying to change their flights. By that time, I'm already done. And I'm already on my gate, on my way to the gate to catch a completely different airline. Completely saved my energy. Completely saved me. All right. Or I could have been stuck in my most unfavorite airport in the world overnight. And then I would have missed my cruise ship. Okay. So that is why I'm not even to the jet yet. That is why you fly business if you've got a long haul flight. So let's get on the airplane. Again, this is not a regional jet with four, six seats across. This is massive. And you have your own cubby or your own depart, a little compartment that you sit in or lay flat in. So when you're booking, you want to make sure that you're always looking for the words lay flat bed. I'm pretty sure there's no such thing as business class anymore where the seats don't lay flat, but just to be safe. So lay flat bed. Now they did tell me on British Airways that they were getting ready to rip out all of their business class and put in cabins. Probably kind of something like you would see on a train. So I haven't seen that on a jet airplane. So I'm looking forward to that. So you have your own little cubby. You have a down pillow, a down blanket. You have a million controls that make that bed do whatever you want it to do so that your feet are elevated or you're flat. If you have flown coach, for four, six, eight, 10, 12 hours, crammed up next to strangers and uncomfortable in a million different ways, unable to really get any kind of level of sleep. You know what I'm talking about. You arrive groggy, you arrive exhausted, and oftentimes you're navigating another airport to do it all over again. And there's nothing glamorous nor nothing fun about travel if that's the way you're traveling. But I got my own cubby and then your first two hours is about food. <laughs> first of all, you have either chosen your meal in advance, which they'll send you an email for you to choose your meal, or they come through with a menu and say, these are your choices for tonight's dinner. So I'm leaving at nine o'clock at night. It is, let's say it's a seven hour flight. So I'm going to get there at 4 a.m. in my body, but it's really like 10 a.m. in London, England. So they're going to serve me dinner. Then they bring you the first thing while you're even waiting for the jet to take off, they're going to offer you a drink or champagne or wine or soft drinks, whatever your preference. Then they're going to bring an appetizer. Then they're going to bring another appetizer. And then they're going to bring your main entree. And then, you know, then they're going to bring an ice cream cart up the aisle for you to make your own Sunday. It goes on and on. So that's the first two hours of your 
eight hour flight. And then they're going to say, you know, Miss Tupin, do you want to sleep? And if so, then they don't bother you. So you take your bed, put your eye patches on, everything's dark, you go to sleep and you have a, a decent night's sleep of at least four to six hours before the plane lands. If not, you can choose to lay back in your bed and watch endless movies, work on your computer, Wi-Fi, read a book, whatever you want to do. But the difference is your body is horizontal and not vertical. And pretty much in my 40s, I decided my body cannot take a coach seat for the number of hours. I will not travel if I have to do it that way. So, all right. So again, I'm preserving my energy. I get to the new airport and now I've got to navigate and figure out where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to do. And usually there is anywhere a, a three to four hour layover again. Again, I can go to the lounge where I can maybe take a shower. I can get breakfast. Uh, even though I was served breakfast on the flight, usually you'll get two full meals on a, a flight that long. Um, and then I will go to my next jet and I'll get to my final destination. And to be quite honest on this one, because I got some really good sleep on that flight, it was my body did not have any adjustment to make whatsoever when I got there. Okay. Now, last but not least, um, your luggage is marked priority. I mentioned that earlier, but that's kind of a big deal. It really, really is, especially if you are, you know, you have a good chance of having your luggage misplaced because I switched airlines. I kind of suspected my luggage wouldn't follow me and it didn't. And I was a little concerned because the cruise ship was leaving, but they managed to find it and get it all the way to Venice, Italy before the cruise ship took off. So that's what it's like when you hear me say travel business. That's what I'm talking about. And it's not for a chosen few. It's for the few who choose. So you have to choose to, to understand and play the game of earning miles and earning points. Miles, points, they have different names for the same thing. You're earning credit by your, by your expenses that you incur every single day. You're getting credit toward upgrades or towards free flights. So guys, some of those, those business class seats can be 6,000 a seat. I've seen them go for as high as $15,000 for a seat on a, on a business class or first class flight. I know no one who's ever paid that. No one. They get it with their upgrades or they get a big discount on it because of their points or mileage. So the first thing I would tell you is if you're going to travel and you want to either use points and miles for hotels, some of you don't like to fly. So I've just told you a story that has no meaning to you. You don't want to fly, but you do want to travel and you do want good hotels and you want upgrades at your hotels. Then you have to play the long game. I see a lot of people who play the game of, I need to find the cheapest hotel. I need to find the cheapest flight. That's the short game. That's not going to win you anything. All right. So my story is very simple. When I started my own in-home business in 1982, I began to fly to Dallas, Texas, at least once or twice a year. And so Early in the mid, I guess it was the mid 80s, American Airlines, which flew out of Louisville, Kentucky, had a direct flight, and that was convenient for me, uh, came through the aisle one day and they said, would you like to apply for our American Airlines credit card? I said, sure. It'll, they said, it'll give you upgrades. You can accumulate miles. Miles and points are kind of the same thing, you guys, and you can get upgrades or free flights. Now, obviously, when I got the card, I realized it was an outrageous interest rate of like 18 to 22 percent. 
and there was a, a, a pretty hefty yearly fee. But again, I quickly figured out how to play the long game. That yearly fee will be a non-issue if you are traveling a lot and getting free flights or upgrades or upgrades or free hotels or even rental cars. So again, it's the longer game that you're playing. So I began to learn how to do that. And I will say this at the end, but I want to say it again here to you right now. Guys, we're not talking to you about using a credit card where you put something on there and you pay it off in installments. I'm talking about you pay it off every day, every week, or every month, and you never pay interest. I don't think in 10 years I've paid any interest on my cards, maybe 20 years, because I pay them off. Um, and you want every expense in your life, from your groceries to out to eat to your children's clothes, to be getting points or miles toward what I just described to you. Remember, it's not for the chosen few, it's for the few who choose to play the game. Okay, now remember this, it doesn't matter what card, whether you're using a card attached to an airline or a card attached to a hotel, they are gonna reward you for loyalty. Say it with me, loyalty. They love it when you don't flit around. And if you're flitting around trying to find the cheapest flight, trying to find the cheapest hotel, you're never going to develop loyalty and you're never going to live the way I just shared with you that you can live free of charge if you play your cards right. So it's all about loyalty. Now, I would also say my advice to all of you is to start as young as possible. If you're watching this and you're in your 20s, go ahead, get the card or cards, plural, and start as early as possible. It's amazing. Even a young couple are running two to four to $5,000 through their personal household every month. And if that's on a card and you're getting points and mileage for that, then you're going to soon see yourself with free tickets or upgraded tickets. Um, if you're running a business, and I know much of my audience are business owners, both men and women, then you really hit the gold mine because you can run your businesses through a card. And you talk about big time miles and big time awards, because some of you are running thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars through a checking account every month. And if you're playing that right, you're getting even more mileage or more awards. Now, in addition to getting the rewards and getting the points, I mentioned the word loyalty. Loyalty plays into a lot of what I enjoy. Because I got that American Airlines card and I've been their customer for over 30 years, they like me. But I've accumulated because I've only flown with them uh, for all of these years. They know my name. And I, I think I'm at two and a half million miles with them. And so without me paying anything, I buy my ticket coach. Now forget international travel. Let's talk about just going to Dallas or going to you know Denver or somewhere in a regional jet. I buy the ticket and then almost 90, 95% of the time they'll upgrade me automatically free of charge. That's what loyalty buys you. Again, if you're flitting around, you're never going to develop enough years and loyalty for it to pay off. And I know people are concerned that their airline may be bought out over the other time. Typically, their rewards are part of that buyout, so they have to honor it with the new airline. Okay, so uh, again, what I've described is mainly airlines, but this also holds true with 
hotels. So you may have a Delta card or an American card um, that gives you mileage and upgrades, but you can also do hotel cards. And hotels are in families. Like Marriott Bonvoy is a family of various hotels with various names that you're familiar with. Um, IHG is going to be that family of holiday inns and you know the, the smaller, more regional hotels. So stay loyal to a family of hotels. Again, you don't even have to have their card, but if you're loyal to them, those points accumulate. And then all of a sudden you check in, they've got a little gift for you or maybe some free food or they've upgraded your room or they ask you what floor you want to be on. In other words, they give you preferential treatment. Again, they pay for loyalty. All right, so how do you choose a card? Because I think that's what people run into. You know, I know people who have a business card that gives them cash back. And that's all wonderful and fine, but you're not building loyalty and you're not getting upgrades and you're probably not using the cash for an upgrade. So, you know, uh, but again, it's all about your values, okay? So here's some questions to ask yourself before we pick a card. Um, how often do you fly? Is it twice a year or 20 times a year? How often do you want to fly? If you got free flights or you got upgrades, would you fly more often? And would you fly further? How much further would you fly? Would you go internationally? Okay. Um, and instead of flights, if, if that is not your value, then what about hotel chains? What are the hotel chains that you typically stay in that you prefer? All right. Again, they all have their card. Now, one of the considerations when you're choosing your card is the yearly fee. Now, remember, you're not going to leave it on there. You're not going to incur any interest. This is going to require discipline on your part. That's the that's the uh, the counterbalance to the life I lead is discipline. So you have to be very disciplined that you're going in there either by the day or the week or the month and paying it all off um, so that there's no interest. But there is a yearly fee. Uh, for my card that I use, I believe the fee is $150 a year. Um, uh, an American Express, I have people in my family who use American Express. Now, it gives you a lot of points that you can use on any airline or any hotel, et cetera. And they give you double, triple, quadruple points if you shop in certain businesses, et cetera. Uh, but again, don't confuse that with loyalty to a brand. So even if you're using American Express, stay with the same airline, stay with the same hotel family, because again, they will remember your name, okay? Um, and so for an American Express, you may pay 500 a year. They have a card that's $1,000 a year, but the benefits are outrageous if you're a big time traveler and you're an international traveler. So look at all your options and decide because the key word is going to be loyalty to a brand and moving all your living expenses, personal and business to that card or carts. Um, so the last thing I want to talk to you about is just the management of it because the discipline is the, is the trade-off is um, you can, you can use the same card for business and for personal. Okay. Uh, but there, that becomes a bookkeeping issue. So like I go, like I told you, I go in every week. So if there are shipping expenses where I've shipped you all my pretty things from my store, then that's a business expense. So I have to pay that portion out of my business account. And maybe there's some clothes that I bought for the trip. That's personal. So that's got to come from my personal account. 
And so, you know, I may be making multiple payments every single week and it's coming out of different accounts. Again, discipline and bookkeeping is the trade-off for that. If you're running a very big, a large business, maybe with thousands or tens of thousands of dollars going through it each month, you probably want your own card kind of devoid that headache, but you're going to have a double fee on that card because you're going to have a personal one and a, a business one. And please don't sit there and think, I will never accumulate enough miles. How much does your family spend a month? Now, you might not can put your mortgage on there, but you can put all your groceries and all your other living expenses and all your meals out and your clothes and all the things that you spend it on. If you're using that card, you're getting miles or points. Um, so just to summarize everything from this particular podcast, business travel is not for the chosen few. It is for the few who choose. The trade-off will be discipline of paying it off each month and the bookkeeping aspect of keeping your finances separate from your business. Loyalty is the key to being treated the way you want to be treated, all right? Just like you guys, many of you own businesses. The customers who are loyal to you, you bend over backwards for those people because you know they're few and far between. And those airlines and those hotels and those rental car companies, when you're loyal, they bend over backwards. And I often remind them I have been their customer since 1991. This is a side note, you guys. I have actually been with the same bank since 1975. <laughs> now, it's had a lot of different names. And every time that I get a new bank manager or whatever and we have a conversation, I always tell them that. And they're blown away because I want them to know that I have been loyal to them. So when I have a need, I need for them to be there for me. And they will be. Airlines and hotels will be there for you. When they look and see how long you have been their customer, they kind of move heaven and earth for you. So no matter what you choose, as long as you're going to travel or fly once or twice a year, remember my words, get yourself TSA pre-checked. You will do that online. Just Google it, fill out the form. And if you're going to fly international, go through the trouble of getting global entry. And again, one day you will literally say, while you are not waiting in a line when you're exhausted, Linda Coopin, thank you so much. <laughs> it was so worth it. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so very much. I'll look forward to your comments of what cards you use that you love and how you manage your points and your miles. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for supporting Common Sense Choices and head over to lindatupin.com. Sign up, make sure you get every episode and your purchases over there support my podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs>